Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumpacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back to another episode of Keeping Current with Kansas City with me, Mr. Daniel Sperry of the Kansas City Star. I'm Thad Bell from the Blue Testament, and we have way, way, way too much stuff to cover tonight, so we're going to get to whatever we can, right? Sure. Yeah, we'll try. We'll do it. We'll do everything we can to cover absolutely everything, and even then we won't hit everything, so. No, never. All right. The NWSL draft was tonight. Big obviously story under normal circumstances, but Kansas city is making a big splash again, mm-hmm. unintended right off the bat. Second pick. Yeah. Big trade. Lynn Williams gone. The Kansas city current moves up to a second pick. How surprised were you? Um, un- like I, I was really stunned, uh, almost speechless at first. I was still driving home from work and like i was just pulling into like my neighborhood when i got the the notification on twitter that said lynn williams has been traded i instantly tried to tweet it out as quick as i could pulled off to the side like less than a block from my house so i could safely tweet um and then i just sat there for the pick um i was stuck i was a little stunned at first um obviously in my head it was like oh okay they're getting cooper um, which is a like for almost a like for a like replacement position, especially positionally, same kind of player. Yes. Uh, and then, uh, so then in my head, it was, why would you make that move? 
and then it was why wouldn't you make that move and i um and i don't mean that as a disrespect to lynn i think lynn's an incredible player one of the best players ever in nwsl history she's a great player but um my instant reaction to that move was okay not only did you give yourself somebody who's going to produce now but with potentially three years of Dabinia, you have a player who's going to continue to grow in. And if you look at what Dabinia did with um, Diana Ordonez last year and Caroline, uh, two young wingers that um, just absolutely, the, the three of them together destroyed people in Carolina. So um, just thinking of uh, the players that Dabinia will have with her now, and especially the, the athlete and the talent that Michelle Cooper is, um, impressive in what they're trying to go for there um and in what when you send away lynn you send away experience uh but you gain back this very incredibly high ceiling um cooper was a consensus number one pick uh it, before it was known that Alyssa thompson was going to come out uh, of high school uh when the angel city decided to trade up for her i mean that that's that's who we were talking about here and even then it sounded like tonight that the current still had questions whether or not angel city was still going to take uh was not going to take michelle cooper with that pick anyways um and so i think there is there's genuine buzz and talent around cooper um and so it's it's just an incredibly good pickup for KC, smart, savvy, um, to get somebody who can contribute now, I think. I think she'll be able to contribute now and also be somebody that is I, – I don't want to, like, say will be Sophia Smith, but it projects like a Sophia Smith type um, in the potential trajectory that she could take if, quote, all goes well in development too. Yeah, I didn't even really think about her being a Sophia Smith-like player, but uh, definitely has that capability. And even if she doesn't hit the ground running, it has to take a little bit of time to learn. Kansas City did quite well without a lot of forwards last year that could put the ball in the net, and they've added Dabinia this year. So that's more goals in the net regardless of how you look at it. So she has mm -hmm. a little time and not a ton of pressure but I would not be surprised to see her starting day one or day five or game seven Next year as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't, I will be shocked if she is not in the starting 11 on March 25th or whenever they will actually open the season, whenever we get a schedule. And you, you, uh, you, as you're talking about her, one thing we, you didn't mention is that she's a Mac Herman trophy winner. And that has a long lineage of great players. Last couple mm -hmm. years was Jalen Howell. A couple years before mm -hmm. that was Katarina Macario, Andy mm -hmm. Sullivan, Kadisha Buchanan. I mean, just go yeah. on down that list. Crystal Dunn, Morgan Bryan, and Kristen <clears> Press. <throat> and you just have yep. national team level players across that board. Yeah, we're talking, for those who don't know uh, college soccer very well, Mac Herman is the highest man of college soccer. Um that it, it it goes to say a lot um about her and what she who she is thought of not only on the field but off the field but um to do that to win that as a sophomore right i mean she's just a right. sophomore in college um she has an incredible goal scoring record already um almost a goal and assist per game played uh at, if not more had just enough not enough can be said for the talent that michelle cooper is um and I, I mean, I'm excited to see what it really looks like out on the field too. And talking about her, the, the goal scoring last year, 
her mm-hmm. sophomore year in college playing for Duke, it was 19 goals, 11 assists in 22 games. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's hell of a record. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's just one of those things where like I, you go in and look at the, even the next draft pick, I won't get too far ahead of us here, but she still had, she had almost, uh, what was it? I think it was like 40 goals and 30 assists or something in five years. Um, that's like about what Cooper did in two years at Duke in the same conference. I mean, it's just, it is mind boggling the type of numbers that she put up um, the talent that she has. It's naturally there. Um, she'll be going against some tougher defenders. Right. But I think it's going to, it, this is going to translate really well. Um, I think to what the current want and their attacking players and, you know, are arguably you, you potentially put out a like for like swap, uh, just a lot younger um, than Lynn Williams and making that trade. So um, also you free up, I'm sure they freed up a decent amount of allocation money in doing so since the trade was a straight swap pick for player, no other, anything else involved. And when you sign it to Binia, you might need a little bit more allocation money uh, on hand to, to deal with all of that. Well, the, in case anybody didn't see this earlier, the NWSL did raise the salary cap this year, 25% up to 1.375 million and added yep. another hundred thousand of allocation money. So some of that yes. might help pay for Dabinia as well. Yep. All right. Do we want to move on to the next pick? Sure. Go for it. Uh, Alexa Spanstra. Yes. Um, so just, I'm going to go back one step. Uh, mm-hmm. Michelle Cooper is primarily a right wing, right forward, can play center mm-hmm. forward, obviously, and any of that. Mm-hmm. Alexa is primarily a left forward with uh, right forward being her secondary option. So we could mm-hmm. see two very young, talented players swapping sides and mm-hmm. confusing defenses. Uh, mm-hmm. Has a good shot from pretty much everywhere, uh, can dribble to yeah. the in line and cross it in. So she's mm-hmm. uh, she's another really good pick. Yeah, I and I know Potter kind of talked about how they see her talent out there on the wing. Was noted that she can um, be a, a number ten and played a little bit of a ten for Virginia at times. Um, I the system doesn't really play with a true ten, and Dabinia exists as a true ten, uh, so obviously she's not going to necessarily play there a ton. Um, but it is in that kind of. I guess Swiss Army knife skill set that Potter seems to like out of players that can play multiple spots, multiple um, roles, and he asks them to do it, and sometimes all within the same game. Um, and so I think this is—it's it, just a plus that you know that she can that she can move, and her skill can translate to a couple of different positions. But yeah, uh, I am excited, and I'll give credit for Dad for pointing out that um, you know she is primarily a wide player. I was just going off what the broadcast was saying of her also being able to play a ten. Um, versatility is huge with what the current want to do, and I think you'll see that in some of the other picks that were made tonight as well. Um, so I I applaud them for getting this one done. This is one too where like. I don't. I don't want to say necessarily she fell. She was expected to be a first round draft talent by yes. most accounts, um, but for a lot of people, it, it's one of those of like where the current probably won the draft night um, was being able to trade up to take Michelle Cooper and then take Alex Spancher with the with the tenth pick. What left a whole lot of people with their jaws dropped of like, holy crap, they came to play. They know what they're doing, and you know it, things things fall into place. Sure, but. Dang, that's it. That's a really good player to get at ten. Um, and uh, man, I 
it's incredible to see how the team is kind of building out pieces for the future while also taking care of the present with a lot of veteran players um, in in the offseason as well and veteran players that are already on the roster that have a uh, level of productivity that we know is replicable um, going into next season. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, as as far as Alexa being a, a more of a forward than a mid, I've seen her listed as both everywhere. Uh, as I mean, I've seen her listed as a forward slash mid, but I've also seen her just listed as a forward. So that's from yeah. what I was watching of her from some, I was digging through highlights and YouTube videos and stuff instead of actually writing like I should have been. She did <laughs> seem to be much more uh, a forward than a mid. So that's one reason I was trying to clarify that. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Anything else to say about her other than I think she's going to be very much fun to watch in the attack also. Uh, no. All right. Good. Next Keep up going. is uh, in the second round, they move uh, mm-hmm. 15th overall pick Gabrielle Robinson. It's kind of funny. She's listed as defender mid forward for West Virginia. Yes. Which I also thought was a little bit of a stretch because on the broadcast, they were talking about her forward experience was when she was very young within the youth national team. And she did the Peter Ramiz go from striker to center back move in your entire career. Um, And in collegiate level, she's mainly been a center back. Um, One, I believe there's a great, uh, guy out there in terms of uh scouting um and who's done a lot of work in doing this college uh draft prep um i'm trying to find it on twitter as i stall slightly chris henderson tried to... yes chris henderson um yes. he had put out there that you know she she's she lacks a little bit sometimes but um was a uh let's see if i can find it here oh boy i didn't retweet it so now I'm not going to be able to find it because I'm sure he drafted a bajillion times. Um, yeah, he go ahead. He, he did every single pick. Um, mm-hmm. I believe he the first two picks he gave A pluses. On this one, he gave I think a C for uh, fit. I forget it was he had fit and you know the player. It was one of them was C, one was a B. I think, and I, and I kind yeah. of understand that because she was not in like the top ten center back ish mm-hmm. uh ratings for him or for a lot of the other ones she was i would have expected her to be more of a third round pick mm-hmm. or fourth round yeah uh, what's listed on here was robinson's a solid passer and can give you a few dribbles the raw defensive numbers didn't compare to some of the top in this class i think there are better cbs available um, look, I'll say this too. If you're a ball playing center back, uh, if you're remotely athletic, there's always the option of playing you as a defensive midfielder. Um, and when you're that young in your career, maybe with the fact that she's played across all three lines, um, she's somewhat moldable in that. So I think, um, you know, obviously he gave a more a higher uh, and here it says he gave her, he gave them a higher grade on the fit um, for the team, which just goes to show the, the versatility and the ability to, I don't know maybe about playing forward anymore, but playing as a midfielder and a center back, um, a defensive mid, ask Alex Alvera. She's been able to do it. Uh, I mean, she didn't really play a ton of center defensive mid, even in college as well. Um, so I, that, that, that she, she did play. That, Alex Alvera did play some D, D mid in uh, college. I know I, I watched her quite a few times. Okay. Okay. Then she did play both lines. The correction on me. Did play both Sorry. lines. And I'm, no, it's okay. I, Thank you for pushing that out for me. Um, but I, I, I'd be curious to see if, uh, you know, 
given maybe she's not the best center back because she's a better ball player and a dribbler. Does she play as a box box? Does she play as a mid, a defensive mid? Um, is that how she fits? Um, we'll see. I'm, I'm sure some of that will take shape in training camp and stuff like that through preseason. But uh, ultimately, an, an interesting pick. Uh, I still think there are more interesting ones too um, yes. further down the line as well. Uh, going going to the fact that you mentioned that she was a good ball handler, a good passer, uh, maybe not as you know, not a dribbler per se. I think one of the strengths that the current needed was better ball handling defensive players, and mm-hmm. if you have Di Bernardo, Di, Di Bernardo, and Gatro in front of her, uh, I think you're going to have a lot of that that more calmness and that passing that than the current had last year by leaps and bounds, I actually expect. So maybe she does really mm-hmm. fit in that defensive spot, being able to combine with other defenders and midfielders a little bit better, taking pressure off the defensive ability by possession. Does that make sense? Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm with you. Uh, again, who knows how that turns out? She has to earn that spot, mm-hmm. but it might be a depth piece. So, all right, next up, a little surprised that, not the necessarily the player, but just again being in round two, is uh, mm-hmm. Jordan Silkowitz, goalkeeper out of Iowa State, mm-hmm. supposedly a good shot stopper and good with her feet. Plays that sounds like a pretty about. decent goalkeeper. Yeah. I don't know uh, that you know those are those are two abilities that you can't really teach. Um, you can try to teach them all you want. But some of those are two things that just kind of come naturally um, as far as positioning and reading and stuff like that. A lot of that comes with more experience. Um, I've, I think she's pretty much expected to be the third goalkeeper um, if she makes the roster. Um, they need to bring in another goalkeeper in, in the draft as well. So we'll see how much competition is there is between the two of them. But when you're six foot, if you're a good shot stopper and good with your feet um, uh, in, in women's soccer, that, that's going to get you some looks up the draft board. So I think it's fine. I I'm cool with the goalkeeper here. Um, if you f- if you're the current and you feel like you have addressed your key needs uh, with the best player available um, uh, in advance, you're picking your fourth pick in the 18th overall. And at 18th overall, I'm, I think you can kind of take a little bit of a gamble here and, and making sure you get the goalkeeper that you want um, on your squad. No, it's a really valid point, and I think probably the biggest reason it was taken there was because the next pick for the current would have been way down at thirty fifth, and Correct. they may have lost the they. That's a good chance they would have lost the keeper they wanted, or the second keeper they wanted, or the third keeper they wanted in that time, because mm-hmm. that's when keepers usually start coming off the board in the NWSL. Today may have been a wee bit different, although round three saw one four two. I'm looking at, I see two, three, yeah, four goalkeepers selected in the, in the, third, round, um, so. in the third round before they picked. So, so yeah, uh, it, it probably was wise to take her there. I was just a little surprised because that's a little higher than it normally keepers start going. But when you know your, yep. you know your picks, you know your picks, right? So, uh, good choice, good keeper. And we'll talk about it more on the next keeper also. Let's mm-hmm. see, down to 35th. This one, I'm not completely sure how to say. Makia Minnis? Makia Minnis. Makia Minnis. Washington State University. I do not know much about this player. I don't either. Um, Multiple people who follow college soccer better than I are much happier with this pick. Um, She is a 5'11 center back who's got uh, some speed. Um, 
you know, I, I, I'm curious to see how, you know, all that translates, what are her defensive abilities, um, four times, uh, was listed as a PAC 12, um, uh, all, all PAC 12 selection, um, uh, in her career. Uh, that's pretty good. Um, I think that's kind of a theme with a lot of these later round picks is they picked a lot of players who are four-year starters, have a lot of experience and, uh, are, um, you know, in general, some quality people, uh, she's from Colorado Springs as well. So there's a little bit of not too far down the road type of a connection, um, in that aspect, but, uh, yeah, uh, an interesting pick. I have to remember Potter has connections to Washington state anyways. Um, so, and uh, so it doesn't surprise me that he's had a couple of picks from there in the last few years. So they did get their one Cougar off the board this year. So I interested in the move, curious to see how it goes. Um, there's a lot of center backs that they drafted. So it's going to be a nice little open competition for um, whatever roster spots they have open in that position. Oh, absolutely. Next up with the 38th overall pick, the second pick in round four is Ella Schamberger, another defender. This one from Vanderbilt. I love the name. That's about <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh... Chris Henderson says if you're getting her based off of if you're getting the player that she was in her senior and sophomore years, you're getting a great pick. If you're getting her uh, the player who she was her freshman and junior season, they weren't as great. Says worth a flyer here, according to Henderson. I honestly don't know much about her, and I don't know a ton about women's college soccer, and I won't pretend to know a terrible amount about the rest of these picks. So, um, again, another defender. Yes. Uh, and again, fourth round picks, that's uh, if you're not desperate for players, this is a perfect time to take flyers on players who might have more potential than what they've shown or coming off injuries or from a smaller college or, you know, it's a chance to take that chance. Mm-hmm. That made a lot of sense. It's an opportunity to take a chance and, and, and see what you get. Cause honestly, if any of them turn out at this point, it's that's bonus. Yeah. Let's see. Next one. Ah, wait, I know this name. With the 42nd mm-hmm. overall pick, Kansas City took Rylan Childers. Yeah. KU, UMKC, grew up, Rock Chalk, Jayhawk, all the fun stuff there. Um, you know, I know her her dad's a, a coach locally um and youth soccer. Uh there's a lot of uh a lot of KC connections with this one, Green Valley native. So um, a cool pick, a nice hometown pick as usual. Um, I believe Potter said uh, anytime you can get some talent uh, from your hometown market into your team, um, you've done a good job. And uh, I think she's one of the best players in the draft that I mean, she's one of the only players in the draft from the KC area that registered, but um, put up some really good numbers at UMKC didn't as much at KU Um Slightly better conference, not as much talent around her, but uh, had some pretty decent numbers at case or at UMKC. Yeah, uh, I'll disagree. I think she actually had better numbers at KU, but I'll have to go Oops. look at that. Um, because she played with better players. But we'll we'll better. take a look at that. She um, she moved to KU so that she could be seen better. I think I believe is <laughs> one of the reasons she made that move. Correct. And uh, a little bit better conference too. Um, here we go. Kansas City uh, at UMKC in 2018 and 2019. She had 11 goals and 14 assists, 10 and 10 the following year. Then when she transferred um, to 
uh, when she transferred to KU in the three years that she was there, four goals, one assist, three goals, four assists, seven goals, six assists in her super senior season. With a bigger conference. With a bigger conference, yep. All right. I, uh, I've heard really good things about her and her, her stats, her numbers, the underlying type of numbers are supposedly really good. I'm not going to pretend to say that I have been able to look at those, but having seen her in person, she is a very good player. It's whether or not she can make that transition to uh, pro level. Mm-hmm. Last pick was 47th overall, Ashley Orcus. Love the name again. They pick yeah. some good names. Yeah, fun name. Uh, Four-time. Sorry, not maybe not four time, uh, three time though. Uh, SEC goalkeeper of the year. Also played at University of Tennessee. Um, she's big, uh, big player too. I believe she's five eleven, five ten. Um, tall goalkeeper. Uh, I don't know if you can be a Matt Herman semifinalist as a goalkeeper and uh, win your conference goalkeeper of the year three times. I think you you've done a pretty good job in college. So. Um, it'll be interesting to see what they do with the goalkeepers in that spot. Um, do they keep her around as an emergency goalkeeper if she doesn't make the roster? Uh, does she make the roster over, you know, Silkowitz? Um, so I, I interesting pick with the last one there, but um, a little bit of goalkeeper competition for the third goalkeeper spot. And I think the more competition is both, you know, Matt and Kami have said the more competition they have on the roster, um, the better that roster is going to be overall elevates the level. I think that's a pretty commonplace thought process in building the roster. So um, good to bring in some competition for that third spot. And the one reason to keep in mind that they will absolutely had to have a third keeper is because AD French has worked her way back into the national team picture and could be at the mm-hmm. world cup in Australia uh, and mm-hmm. New Zealand. They're down in New Zealand mm-hmm. right now. Yep. And she, they will need at least one other keeper to be behind Cassie, but it would not be bad to have that extra keeper in practice in, yep. you know, kind of a training squad that sometimes extra players will stick around and train mm-hmm. uh, so that they would have yep. a third, potentially a third keeper on around when AD is gone. So that would, and yeah. I don't know that she'll do that, but I, I would bet that there will be another keeper if not, so yep. one of those two keepers will probably make the roster. The other one they'll probably offer to stick around and train for a while. Yeah, and I think you know, just going from what Sporting KC do, Sporting KC have three goalkeepers on their roster, and usually have a fourth uh, that they'll that they invite to practices throughout the week, um, throughout the season as they run certain drills and stuff that need a total of four keepers in the mix and uh, injuries to happen as well. So yeah. Got to keep that depth around. Um, overall, I think they got two pretty decent goalkeepers out of it, um, especially if they don't seem set on just giving away that third um, goalkeeper spot automatically to whoever they draft and have a nice little competition for it and get the most out of both. Get the best out of both of them. And with with having eight picks overall in the in this draft, they have the the luxury of being able to say, "Oh, we're going to pick two good keepers and let them battle it out." pick three mm-hmm. center backs and let them battle it out for maybe one spot and just see who earns that, that roster spot. Cause they're not all yeah. going to make it. Nope. They won't. And they, they can take 40 players to training camp, um, which is a lot. I don't think that many, obviously they can't take that many onto the regular season roster. So. No, but I think it's uh 
18 to 24 senior roster spots and four mm-hmm. supplemental or whatever they call it. Mm-hmm. So they could have a total of 28 if they maxed it out. Probably won't because you always want to leave room to pick up a player if you needed to. Yep. All right. Overall, how do you how do you grade the 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 draft? Um, I mean, I'm gonna grade it A. Not only did they pick some pretty darn good players with the early picks, um, they made a lot of buzz. Uh, they they were the talk of the draft. Um, everyone is talking about um the trade for Michelle Cooper. Everyone is talking about um the pick that they added in the following rounds and the amount of picks and the fact that they didn't trade out of eight draft picks. I mean, I said surely they're not going to use all of them and they traded one and then traded back for another one. I had eight draft picks, man. Um yeah. that's a lot. So I an A for me, um just because of being able to get a prospect like Michelle Cooper. Um there was a lot of good players in this draft. Michelle Cooper was head heads and shoulders outside of Alyssa Thompson. Um, the best college prospect that was uh, going to be drafted tonight. So uh, if you can do that, props to you. So that for me, it's an A. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, it, it, it's a risk trading away a very known quantity in Lynn Williams, although coming off injury, but seemed to be back to normal at the end of the year. And yeah. we'll probably see her. Uh, I know with the national team, Blocko had said she was uh, fully up to speed. So there's no need to even like, you know, restrict her in anything. So yeah. she should have been ready day one. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit of a risk trading away that known quantity for an unknown. And I don't want to say unknown, but it's still potential. There's a lot of potential that's not realized just yet. Mm-hmm. But we'll see how that turns out. If it turns out even remotely like we think it is, it's a you know absolutely straight A. <laughs> uh, you know, first round was definitely a straight A. The rest of the rounds, I'll probably say would say a C plus because they're just a lot of them are unknowns and flyers and maybe could have taken higher rated players, but it's what you see in them, not what five other ten other you know talking heads kind of people see. <laughs> but yeah, that buzz, man. I I think the only I think the only team that could have even remotely equalized the buzz would have been North Carolina, and that was negative. <laughs> lots of negative uh lots of people questioning what the courage are doing lots of people questioning what the spirit we're doing as well um also man if you're the portland thorns you calling a timeout on the last pick of the draft just to trade it away for 10k in allocation money that is like the biggest middle finger to everybody else which is just kind of makes me chuckle um so yep that's I... what you do when you when you're winning like that yeah, they're, I mean they're so deep they don't need those picks anyway. But I, I did I turned off the draft after the forty seventh pick. I don't even know what happened <laughs> after that. So I was like, why is this not updating? I, I looked a little bit lighter. Like, why is it not updating? So I, I uh, realized yes, they called a timeout to trade that pick. Made everybody thrilled. I, I think by the everybody was asking for the chaos and the trades early on, and then. When we got to announcing the seventh trade of the draft, <laughs> I think uh, Berman was starting to get a few boosts from the audience. Yeah, but hey, it worked out for Kansas City, so you know, screw everybody else. Uh, so yeah, buzz all all this week, man. Dabinia, big moves in the in the the draft, the trade. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, pretty a lot of positive for the current. 
I kept seeing somebody on Twitter saying that everybody's hating this trade with Lynn Williams for the the second round pick. I didn't really see a lot of that myself, but I wasn't looking too closely for it. Did do you see any? Nope. I think a lot of people were like, "Holy cow!" Uh, it's the as Cardi B said, "We make money moves," and that's what the current did. Um, that was a big time money move to do that and and pull that off. Uh, that's, that's what you do when. That's what you do when you're gunning for it all and you're also thinking about the future at the same time. I don't know if it could have gone as perfectly as it did. Fair enough. Anything else we need to talk about before we go? You, you got questions? Some, Twitter questions. We got, we got a few a few Twitter questions. Um, this one's from Colby Jack. Colby Jack Soden. At Colby Jack Soden. Yeah, I'm sorry, Colby, uh, if I screwed this up, but um, asking for a way too early lineup prediction. Um, Thad, give me your, give me your way too early Casey current 2023 lineup prediction for opening opening match of the season. Oh man, that's fun. I will go. Uh, let's see, three player back line, Ball, Merrick, and Weinbrenner. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Midfield. Midfield of Mace and Delfaba on the the basically the wingbacks. Uh Gatro, yeah. Di Bernardo, and Dabinia, the the triangle in the middle. Mm-hmm. Uh that only leaves me two, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Where's Alex Warra playing? Oh, actually I would put if I'm gonna if gonna do that i will put loera uh i put weinbrenner loera and ball myself okay and then as people need rest move loera forward because she'll she mm-hmm. can play every minute yep the forwards though uh mimi larson and some person named michelle cooper mm. interesting i uh yeah I think I will go with a back three of Laura Ball and Merrick. Um, AD French and goal, obviously. Wing backs the same. Midfield, the same with Catro and Di Bernardo um, and Dabinia. And then the attack. Um, I think for opening day, I don't know about Mimi Larson for opening day, but I will go with uh, Cooper. Coop, I'll go Cooper and Kaiser. Uh, sounds, like a, sounds like a nice law firm uh, up top. Can, can you... If we wound the clock back six months, could you imagine we would be not seeing Kristen Hamilton as a lock for one of those spots? Yeah, and I think that's the hard part too. Is um, you know, there's so many play- like Loera, not Loera, uh, Lopanza. Like, how how is she not a lock in the midfield? But that's that's just what's happened in this offseason is they've leveled up um, in depth uh, significantly. And a lot of their starters are uh, now depth pieces from a, a team that went to, to the that, that had a 13 game unbeaten streak and uh, finished second, uh, a, a finalist in the NWSL playoffs. I mean, that's that's insane to me. So, um, yeah, I it's it's a new dawn for the current in that aspect but yeah that's uh that's a heck of a feeling to think of like wow how can i justify mentally putting cc kaiser on the bench i don't know if i'm there yet but maybe mimi larson will uh convince me otherwise actually i think 
of all of the players we mentioned, she's probably the CC Kaiser is probably the easiest one for me to justify putting to the bench of mm-hmm. of Hamilton, Kaiser, and Lowe. I mean, yeah, and Lowe's probably the second easiest, and then Hamilton. But yeah. I didn't name either any of them, so I guess I put them all yeah. on the bench. Yeah, shame, shame on you. Okay, uh, last one. Uh, this one is from uh, Cameron Trushnitsky, um at Cam and three G's uh, on Twitter. How many will actually make the roster and what will happen to the ones that don't? I have to go back and look at the count, but I want to say prior to the trade, there was 23 players on the roster. I think right. we still don't have Desi Scott uh, as a no one either. If they can get her back, they will probably sign her. Yeah. Uh, Again, we I, she may not be a starter in this team. Probably not a starter, or at least I mean, not a probably not the first choice starter. Mm-hmm. Um, but of the eight draft picks, I say four. Yeah, that's where I'm. Two at. First rounders, one of the keepers, and one of the and center backs. Defender. Yeah, that that's kind of where I'm at as well. Um, in the event of an injury or anything like that, I could also see that maybe changing. Um, maybe somebody comes into camp that's not in shape too, and or something happens, and it's time to have to make a trade, make a move. The, those types of things happen. Just ask Jose Mauri, ask Sporting KC what that's like uh, when players don't show up. And sometimes it happens. It event, inevitably, it happens at times. So um, I'll be curious to see what happens when the team gets into camp. Um, and what happens when they break from Florida. Um, so I think a lot of those, some of those moves will get made. Um, but I, this is, uh, this is a team that I expect, um, I don't expect there to be much more added to it. So you eight, take eight picks, only half of them are making the roster. You've created a lot of competition for yourself if you're the current. And like we talked about, Desi still being out there as a free agent, there's still a, dozen or 20 free agents that have not signed at least last time I looked and there are three or four of them that are at least decent quality center backs I don't know if they fit with the team but there are still at least three or four decent center backs out there who could be a choice that pops up you know if they get if they get desperate to just play and you know take a minimal salary so there's, they, they have a lot of options right now. One thing that we, people in our position always does is we're always really optimistic when new players come in, drafts happen. We're always looking at this like glass is overflowing, not even, you know, half full kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Is there a fear of that with these players? It's a good question. Um, yes and no. Um because I I really only expect one player to be thrust at the moment to be thrust into um, a significant amount of playing time, and that would be Michelle Cooper. And if Michelle Cooper fails to be who she is or who we think she's going to be, um, then we're defaulting to players that still help the team win 13 straight games and make it to um, the second uh uh, overall or the, the second uh made, made it as a runner-up in the final um the the luxury of utilizing your draft picks 
in a way that you can either give them time to develop and not expect a ton out of them on the field in the first year is something that good teams for the most part have. Um, and when those players do come in, they're put in positions where they um, uh, have a high level, have a high chance of succeeding. Um, and, and in short spurts where they're not receiving so much exposure or in situations that are too high leverage for them. Um, I think that's a, a good thing to be able to utilize a lot of these picks. I, I could see Spanstrup getting a decent amount of time this year um, later on, but it's probably a good thing that she doesn't play as much. Um, everything I heard last year about Elise Bennett was that they were forced into a situation where they had to play her a lot earlier than they wanted to um, with the way that the injuries felt. Um, and they, she had a ton of minutes. She had 24 appearances. She had a lot of substitute appearances as well and was a very good super sub down the stretch, but there's a, you know, to be forced into playing time and significant playing time so early um, with the injuries that they had, um, I think at times maybe didn't allow her to get a really good feel um, for the speed of the pro game. Um, and, you know, I think she did, she did well in those situations, but um, question is, is how much, better could she have been and if she you know uh had been able to if if she wasn't maybe put had to be forced into positions where um it wasn't as high high leverage in the, in those moments and i think you look at players like izzy rodriguez uh as a wing back and you look at a player even like uh chardonnay Coran, um both those two both those players um were mostly able to uh, play in situations that were positive situations and where their exact skill set, their strong suits were needed um, as they were learning the ropes and developing as a pro. Um, and the, being able to be put in it now, we, lo we look at those and we say those are successful pieces that we can think about in the future um, uh, as they are kind of depth pieces on the squad. And so with a lot of these players, I mean, we're talking about, we know, I, I would, we can assume Michelle Cooper will be on the roster. We can assume Spanish will be on the roster. There's two of these picks. If we say that four out of the eight, we're talking about the third goalkeeper and the very last center back on a roster. And that's like, okay, that, that makes, um, that means that those, those aren't positions that you give to players that you expect to play and start every single game. And so I think they're in a position that allows themselves to give time to most of these players. Um, if they are quote, not who they think they're going to be right away. Um, and I understand too, like we could project all we want. We could project all we wanted about Elise Bennett too. And maybe she never turns into the player that her ceiling is going to be. Uh, ceiling was going to be and so I think there's and there's a lot of that happen that, that happens period and so but when you're in a position where you don't have to rely on those players to uh, make you successful on the field right away um, majority of those players that they drafted I think uh, they're in a spot where they can handle them not being who they were hoping that they would be or them never reaching their quote potential if that makes sense 
Speaking of Elise Bennett, uh, I'm not sure if we mentioned that she was traded earlier in the week to $450,000 in allocation money. And the 23rd overall pick. Yeah. Um, Bennett is a player that I really liked, but I liked mm-hmm. her speed, her physicalness, her willing to to go for the ball. But I, I just saw a comment comparing her to Michelle Cooper and I'm like, there is no comparison there. Uh, Bennett was nowhere. I'm not trying to be mean here. It, she's nowhere near the finisher that Cooper is. Uh, Bennett, if you go back and look at her stats in college, she had a terrible finishing rate, but she created lots of chances because she just outran, outbodied college players. When it came to the pro game, she didn't do it as much. She still did it, but just not as much. Mm-hmm. And her role was probably intended to be a late sub and come in and finish out games, apply a lot of pressure. And that was going to be her game. That was going to be her chance to contribute and score goals at those moments. Michelle Cooper is a completely different player in that she has she finishes with a very high rate. She creates chances, but she finishes like 40% of them or something like that. I know I saw one thing saying 70% conversion rate, but I don't know how that number jibes with the numbers that I looked at by shots, shots on goals and goals, but she finishes. So there's a big, huge difference in that kind of player. I even think in technical ability too. I mean, that that's, you know, Elise Bennett was a very raw prospect with a high ceiling if she could put it all together. Um, when they drafted her, that's that that kind of alludes to the whole. They had the player a lot earlier than they wanted to, um, because I don't know if she was quite ready for the role that they were asking her and needing her to play because she hadn't developed that ability yet. And I don't think that's going to be the case with Cooper, um, which, like I said, I think allows them for the most part to be. Uh, in a position where they are okay if these picks don't turn out. That's what happens when you have eight picks too. Um, you can take the gambles and do all that stuff. So, Yeah, they're not going to all turn out. I've seen that way too many times. There's just not that many roster spots. But hey, need some expansion teams, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Any last words? Um, I did have one other question on here that said, it seems like I got a lot of goalkeepers, but I'm new to this from at Michelle underscore Casey Mo. Uh, Michelle, as long as you've been listening to this podcast at this point, I think we pretty much covered that one. Um, I competition for the third spot. That's it. Move on. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, again, they they can try to keep a fourth one around just for world cup timeframe, but they could, Honestly, there's so many keepers out there. They can always bring one in from somewhere to train and mm-hmm. be the third spot temporarily. So I'm never too worried about finding a third keeper. Yep. But I'm also not the one having to find one. So, But w- one yeah. thing they did mention in the, uh, during some of the discussion at the draft was that a lot of there are not a lot of young keepers on rosters right now. There's a lot of veteran keepers, especially the starting mm-hmm. roles. And they, it's been hard for young keepers to break into teams and get any time. Mm-hmm. Maybe Casey is going to try to develop a, a extra young keeper and trade off at, in a year. But yeah. that would be pretty difficult to have the roster spot and the time. So, yep. Agreed. All right. 
thanks anybody for listening. Sorry for however weirdly I have to edit these two pieces together because uh, we, we dropped a little bit in the middle and try to pick up afterwards. But thanks again for always listening and let us know if there's any other questions that we can answer. Anything else we can do better? Listen, subscribe, whatever, like, subscribe, all those things that everybody always says at the beginning and ending of things that I'm not very good as salesperson. Thank you, Daniel, and I'll talk to you later. We're yes, out. Sir.